If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. As we continue our study in 1 Corinthians, we're about to wrap that up. So a couple more weeks and we'll, we'll be finished with 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Today we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4 as we look at directives on giving. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4. And if you do not have a Bible, uh, then grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 905 in the Pew Bible. Page 905 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then please take that Pew Bible. That's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and use it uh, for your, your benefit and your enjoyment. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 looking at verses 1 through 4. You know, people tend to be fairly charitable. If something comes up, if some need arises, uh, typically people want to give to that. They want to make sure things are taken care of, that people have their needs met. And so if a hurricane comes through and people are without food and water, uh, people come out, right? They, they, they kind of help support that that need they're charitable we're charitable uh, by nature we're kind of charitable in many ways now there's a lot of people out there schemers who know this and like to take advantage of people's charity uh, for instance uh, the new york times just recently reported that americans have lost $145 million in coronavirus scams this past year. So the need is out there. And so scammers have taken advantage of that need and people's vulnerability and taken money from people. And, and we hear stories about that all the time. People who get scammed because they think that they're helping other people who have, have needs, and really the scammers are, are taking advantage of them. They're taking them from, for all that they have. So you need to be careful how you give and to whom you, you give. Be careful how you give and to whom you give. Now, as we round the last turn here in our study in 1 Corinthians, Paul helps us out here by giving us four directives on giving. Four directives on giving, and we see that in our text today. Now, Paul has just finished up a lengthy theological discussion as he wrapped up his defense and discussion on the doctrine of the resurrection, and that was a wonderful time of study as we looked at the doctrine of the resurrection. And now he turns to the very practical and the final stretch of this letter to the Corinthian church. And he, he first begins by giving some instruction to them on giving. Now Paul is addressing a collection that has become very important to him in his third missionary journey. We see this in, in other books as well. Romans talks about it. Uh, Acts, we see some of it in Acts as well. So what's taking place here in Jerusalem? Now Jerusalem was a very poor city anyway. It was a very poor city in the Roman Empire. And on top of that, since the day of Pentecost, as Christians kind of came, Christianity came alive, the church came alive, and people were starting to, 
to pour into the church. They were starting to believe in Jesus Christ, and the church in Jerusalem was growing, growing, growing. And we read in Acts what took place. Well, there began to be a great persecution in the church. And so people uh, were being persecuted in Jerusalem. People of the church, the church was being persecuted in Jerusalem. So you, here you have a city that's already poor. There's a lot of people who just live hand to mouth. I mean, they're just struggling to scrape by a living there in Jerusalem. And then you get the people of Jerusalem persecuting the Christians. And so there are a lot of Christians there who were struggling even more because of this great persecution. There, there weren't any uh, kind of social things to kind of help them get along. In fact, the, the people at the temple, the, the priests and the Pharisees and, and people like that, they discouraged helping out the poor Christians. And, and so the Christians were even in greater poverty. And on top of all of that, just a couple of years before Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth, there was a great famine in Jerusalem. And the, the economy there just hasn't recovered. And so the Christians there in Jerusalem, these Jewish Christians, they were struggling. They were struggling to make it by. And so Paul wants to take up a collection to go and help support the Jews, the Jewish Christians there in Jerusalem. So uh, he has two kind of goals in mind with this collection. One, he wants to support other Christians there in Jerusalem to help them get back up on their feet again. Second, he wants to kind of build the, the solidarity between Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians because that's been a, a kind of a, a breaking point in the church. You know, these Jewish Christians, they don't know how to act. All these Gentiles coming in to the church, and, and how do we do that? How does that all work out? And so there was a little bit of friction there. And so Paul wants to take up this collection to show there's solidarity between Jew and Gentile. Uh, we, we are one in Christ, and we're going to take care of one. And so he's taking up this collection in order to, to go back and relieve the, the poor there in Jerusalem. And as he begins to give this, these, this information on how to give, what to give, he gives us four directives on giving that we can apply to ourselves today. So uh, the overall message that I want us to see here in this text is give even as the Lord has given to you. Give even as the Lord has given to you. As we look at these directives I hope that's the, the, the grand message that we take away. Give even as the Lord has given to you. So let's look at our text this morning. And if you found your place there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. <clears throat> I hear the word of the Lord. Now concerning the collection for the saints... As I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Amen. 
May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word, and may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts, and you may be seated. As we look at our text today, again, this is Paul. He's given directions about a specific offering that he's taking up and, and how this church in Corinth is supposed to collect for this offering. But as he gives this direction, we want to see his directives, right? We want to understand his directives, and we can see that we, we can't apply these same directives to our own situation today. So as we look at these, for these four directives, the first directive that we see here is that we are to give discriminately. We are to give discriminately. We are to, yes, we are to discriminate whom and what we give to. You shouldn't just give to every good cause out there. You shouldn't. You can't give to everything, right? And so discriminate who you give to. Now, when I was in seminary, I had a, a job at a well-known department store, and I worked there, and I remember my first day on the job, it was all about the paperwork. And so they called us in, we filled out all the paperwork, they told us how we would get paid and fill out all the tax documents and all that kind of stuff. And while we were in there talking about, you know, pay and filling out all that information, uh, there was a guy there who said, and, and you can give, right? It's good that we give back to our community, and you can give directly back to your community. We will automatically draft a certain percent out of your check, and we'll give it to this charitable organization. And it was a well-known charitable organization. If I said the name, you would know it off, off, right off the bat. You would, you, you, know, you would understand, you would know this, this charitable place, right? And so he really encouraged this. Yeah, you can, it's good to give, and, and you should give, and, and you can give to this organization. And then he started going from each one. All right, how much would you like to get drawn out of your check to this charitable organization? And he got to me, I was like, none. I'm not going to give any to that. Oh, well, why? You don't want to give back? You, you don't want to bless the community? You want to give back to your community? I was like, Yes, I give back to my community, but I give through my church. I give to my church. Yeah, that might be a good organization. I don't know all the details about that organization, and I'm sure it does some great things, but I don't know all that it's going to do with that money, but I know what my church is going to do with my money. I know how they're going to use it. So no, I'm not going to give to your organization. I'm going to give to the church. That's where God has commanded me to give first and as we give our first priority should be especially as christians right as followers of jesus christ as members of his community his church our first priority should always be to give to the church that's what paul is talking about as you give to the saints as you take up this collection for the saints he's talking about giving to the church giving to the people of god and the ministries of God the ministry of the gospel and so as you you think about giving discriminate how you give first make give the church priority give the church priority make sure you give to the church first because you understand what the church is going to use your money for so prioritize how you give give to the church first and then give to other ministries as well right 
You give a portion to the church, but maybe you want to give more than that. And so there's other organizations out there. Now, we have, through the church again, we have the uh, Love Offering for Jesus, LOFJ. And we promote that every Sunday, and you see it in the bulletin, and we give to that. Now, the LOFJ is, uh, you, could, you have the, in your bulletin there, you have the little insert in your bulletin. And uh, when you give to the Love Offering for Jesus, you give to all of these different organizations. It does, that doesn't come into the church, right? We, we, we bring that in, we collect it, but then we send it out. Just like Paul is making this collection for the people in Jerusalem, we are making this collection here, we bring it in, and then we send it out to other organizations. Lottie Moon, that's international missions. Annie Armstrong, that's North American missions. Georgia Burnett, that's Louisiana missions. King's Camp, a, a local camp here in our own parish. World Hunger, uh, them, the Children's Home as well, right down here in Monroe. So all of these organizations benefit from giving to the love offering for Jesus. And so we encourage you to, to give beyond the church to these organizations. And you can do that as a church through uh, the love offering for Jesus. So I want to encourage you to give to other organizations. You also might give to missionaries. You, you may give to other gospel-centered mis- ministries. That's the whole point, though, right? We, we prioritize the church, but then we think about other gospel ministries, and we put those as, as kind of the second priority because we want to make a kingdom impact greater than anything else Yes, there's good, other good organizations out there, but our goal should always to be to make a kingdom impact, to make an, an eternal investment. So make sure you have that second priority below the church, other gospel ministries, other things that affect the kingdom of God. That's where our money should be going to next. Now, a couple of years ago, we had Christy from Good Shepherd Church in Romania here, and uh, he and Chuck Herod, a good friend of mine who went over there and planted the church, uh, they, those, two, those two men planted the church and their families. And then you remember they came because at that time they were in a building that was leased. It was run down. It was damp. It had no heating and air whatsoever. And no heat in Romania with those winters is tough. And so usually in the wintertime, their congregation shrunk down to nothing because nobody was coming to church with no heat. But they came, and they asked people here, churches here in America, to help them get a place of their own, to purchase a place of their own. And this church came out. Uh, Many of you gave to that offering, and we were able to to raise a little over $10,000 to help them purchase a place and i think amber you got that video this is from christy
Amen. And this year was the first year that they were able to have winter church in that facility and, and have heat. And so people didn't come all bundled up. They were able to, to relax and, and worship. Uh, more people were able to come. And you helped get that, right? You helped purchase that. So many times, especially through Love Offering for Jesus and other offerings that we do, sometimes we don't get to see the product of our giving. Well, there's the product of our giving Boy, and if you go back and look at the old photos of what they were in before, I mean, it was run down. It was just concrete walls and concrete floor and just looked kind of just run down. And now they're in that place because of your giving. What a wonderful blessing. God is using that and expanding their ministry because now they have that place of ministry. So God bless you. Thank you for giving. Give to the gospel ministry. Give to expand the kingdom of God. And then there's other organizations as well, right? Other organizations, other people, good things that are out there. And so I don't want you to, to not give to those as well. You know, give to the police organizations. Man, we give, I give to police organizations all the time because I want to support our local police departments. And so give to the police, give to veterans affairs and uh, veterans organizations. All of those are good places. Uh, Humane Society, some give to the Humane Society, all good good places to to give so give but be careful how you give give discriminately give discriminately because you you need to do your research you need to do your research to make sure that those organizations that you are giving to are actually using the money in a way that you want it to be used let's go back to that charitable organization I mentioned earlier that my boss was wanting to encourage me to give to you go back and you do the research they do some good things right they they support public education and and uh, family health and all of those types of things and so they they support some good things some things that we would say yeah I'd, I'd like to support that but when you dig a little bit deeper you begin to realize they also support the LBGTQ plus uh, agenda and to promote that they also promote uh, Planned Parenthood abortion things that we don't support so be be careful who you give to do your research do deal do deal do blah, blah, blah. do do diligence right practice due diligence do your research study who you give to to make sure they're using the monies you give to support things that you agree with and not some outlandish, ungodly other idea, right? Or program. So give discriminately. Give discriminate. Be careful who you give to. You work hard for your money, don't you? Discriminate who you give it to. Prioritize eternal investments prioritize eternal investments jesus says in matthew 6 do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal prioritize your giving for eternal investments invest in heaven so give discriminately. Second, give regularly. Give regularly. 
Notice what he says there. Now concerning the collection for the saints, I direct the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. On the first day of every week, that's Sunday, isn't it? Uh, Sunday, that was a time, this is one of those texts that we can see that the church in the first century were starting to shift, right? Old Testament, they worshiped on the Sabbath day, the last day of the week, on Saturday. But as the New Testament church, we began right off in the first century to begin to worship on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, the day that Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave. And so we see here, they were gathering together on the first day of the week, on Sunday, and that was their time of worship. And so Paul says, when you come together as a part of worship, you are to give. Give regularly as a part of worship as you come to worship the Lord your God and, and thank Him for all that he, he has done for you and is doing for you. Part of the way we worship is through our giving. And so give regularly as a part of worship. That's why we take up an offering every week. It's not just, you know, throwing some money in the pot. You're worshiping God. You're saying, thank you, God. Thank you for what you have provided for me. And now let me give a little bit back for the work you're doing here. And so you give regularly with a heart of worship. Now, we do need to understand here, Paul says at the first of the week and kind of gives this idea, every week, give some. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, he says, as you may prosper, that's added in there. Now, it's good if you give every week and you want to do that, that's great. But uh, think about it like this, as you prosper, as you get paid. As you get paid, as we get paid, we should be giving from what we get paid. It's not necessary that you, you be so regimental that every week I've got to give so and so much amount of money every week. It's not so much that. Now, in the first century, they often did get paid on a, even a daily basis. A lot of them worked out in the marketplace in different places, and they would receive income on a daily basis. And so Paul says, as you prosper over the course of this week, you give. If you made a good bit of money, you give. If you didn't make any money, well, you didn't prosper, so you don't have to give. Well, I think we can see that in our day and time where we probably don't get paid on a daily basis. Some get paid every week. More likely, people get paid every two weeks or maybe even every month. Whenever you get paid, that's regularly. That's, that's your regular paycheck. So from your paycheck, give unto the Lord. So give regularly give regularly as you are paid give regularly every time you get paid i always recommend make that first paycheck or make that first check or the first online payment these days out to the lord give it to the lord make that the first thing that you do before you write any other bill before you do anything else with that money you write the first paycheck out to or the first check out to the lord give regularly Whenever you get paid, give back unto the Lord. So we're to give discriminately, give regularly, and third, we're to give proportionately. We're to give proportionately. Again, as he may prosper. As he may prosper. 
There's no one-size-fits-all kind of thing at work here, right? We, we don't, uh, at church, we don't uh, take up membership dues, right? Everybody doesn't have membership dues to pay the church. You, you, you donate, you give as you may prosper. Now, Scripture gives us at least a starting point, a good starting point that we can think about. Scripture tells us that we're to tithe, aren't we? We're to tithe, we're to give 10%. I, I think 10% of our gross income, that's a good place for us as church members to start our giving. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed or of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So, God gives you everything, doesn't he? He provides for us everything, everything that we have. The paycheck that you made, God gave you the ability to, to go to work. He gave you the mind to do the work that you do. He provides everything. Everything in this world belongs to God, and he provides for you a living and the tithe is just taking 10% of what he has provided for us and we're giving it back to God. I trust you, God. You've given me the 80% to live on and to thrive on and to do whatever I need to do. Here's 10% that I'm going to trust you with and I'm going to give it back to you. Now, typically... As the Lord continues to bless Christians and as Christians begin to grow more in the Lord, that 10% grows to larger percentages. And so I know many of you most likely give more than 10%, and that's great. We should look to give more and more and more. And as we give more and more and more, God tends to bless us more and more and more along the way. But 10% is a great place to start, giving 10% back to the Lord as a way to, to honor him and glorify him for how he cares for us. And as we give back to the church then, you also need, we also need to remember that there's no gold card memberships in the church. Right? Nobody's a gold card member. It doesn't matter how much you, much you give. If you make $200 a week, give 10% of that. If you make $10,000 a week, give 10% of that, whatever the case may be. But if you make $10,000 and you give 10%, that doesn't make you a better member or a more glorious member than the one who gives off the $200 a week, right? Because everybody's equal in the house of the Lord. We're all on the same, on the same level. There's no gold card members. Oh, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 12, he honors the poor widow. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 uh, following there, Jesus honors the widow who gives very little, and he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums of money, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contribute out of their abundance, but she, 
out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she has to live on. It doesn't matter what you give, how much you give. The Lord knows your heart. And if you're giving out of, out of gladness, if you're giving out of joy and gratefulness from the Lord, the Lord will honor your gift, whatever it may be. So give, give proportionately. As the Lord blesses you, bless the Lord and the work of his ministry. So you are to give discriminately, regularly, proportionately, and fourth, give responsibly. Give responsibly. Look at verses 3 and 4. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable that I should go also, they will accompany me. Give responsibly. Paul here is saying, now look, as I'm going to take this offering to Jerusalem, I want you to pick out some folks in your congregation who can travel with me, and they're going to take the, the, the offering with me. They're going to provide some accountability here. That's always good. Accountability is always good. You are to be a good steward with what God has given you. That's why you give discriminately. But you also should expect those whom you give to to be accountable. You should be, expect them to be good stewards of, of what they receive. There needs to be good accountable practices in place. Paul, he wants to make sure that there's no, no misunderstanding. He, he's not going to take the money and run for the hills, right? He's going to take this money, and he's going to get it to where it needs to go, and he's going to distribute it to the people who need it. And so he wants some accountability in this. So you're going to send some folks with us. Whomever you give to, whether you give to the church or whatever other organization, you make sure you give to good stewards. You give responsibly. You do your research. You make sure that the organization is good. You make sure the, the person is good and is going to use that money in a right way. You do the research. Now, here at the church, we practice good accountability, right? We have accountable accounting practices in place. The members of this church, every year, you, you look at the budget. The budget committee forms the budget. You look at the budget, you look it over, you have time to say, well, what about this? I'm not understanding this. You have time to ask questions, raise questions about the budget, and then we approve the budget. Then uh, regularly, we have the finance committee who looks at the financial, finance report. We have business meetings. In fact, we have a business meeting tonight where the finance report will be given to whomever is here. And so you, you come and you look at the finance report. You see where the money is going, that the money is being spent in a worthy way, in an effective way. So there's good accounting practices here. And you want to make sure that wherever you give the money, you want to make sure that the people are trustworthy that they will use that money responsibly. Do your research. Do your homework. Make sure that the money that you're giving is being used in a, a God-honoring way. Give responsibly. Give responsibly. Don't just, just throw the check out there and, oh, well, what, however they use it, it's, it's out of my hands. No, be responsible. 
Give responsibly according to what God has given you. You know, you know when you give money here at the church, you know where it's going to. You know where it's going to. When you give to the love offering for Jesus, it's clear who it's going to. You, you have it right here. These are the folks who will benefit from your offering, your love offering to Jesus. And you even see the percentages that, that will go to those organizations. You know that. You know as you give to this church, you're going to support the ministries first of this church. And all this church does to, to reach our community uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we work in cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention, you're, you're giving your money to, to go out to international missions, North American missions, state missions, and regional missions. You're sending your money out to support conservative Christian theological education at one of our six seminaries. Man, I'm a benefactor of your gracious giving to our seminaries. Earn one degree from Southwestern, working on another one from Midwestern. And, and so, man, we've got some good schools, and you help support them as you give to this church. You help support uh, uh, places like uh, Karen Hope Ministries, Compassion Ministries, which Karen Hope is a part of that Compassion Ministries. And so you help support Karen Hope and other places like it. You know where your money is going. Your money is going to advance the kingdom here in Bastrop, Morehouse Parish, and to the ends of the earth. You can be confident where your money is going when you give to First Bastrop. Wherever you give, whenever you give, give responsibly. The Lord has given you what he has blessed you with to steward it. To use it well. So steward it well. Be responsible with your giving. Remember James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every gift, every good gift, Everything that you have good in your life is a wonderful blessing from God. He has blessed you with that. All you have is a gift from God. Therefore, give even as the Lord has given to you. God gives you life. He gives you the very breath that you breathe. He causes the, the blood to pump through your body day in and day out. He gives you the provisions you need to sustain life. Greater still, God gives you salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us salvation. You see, we all have that sin problem, don't we? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter uh, 3 verse 23 says all of us every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of our sin what we deserve what we've earned for our sin is death eternal death eternal separation from a good and holy God and everything good because he is the giver of all good things 
We deserve eternal separation from the goodness of God because of our rebellion and disobedience against Him. But God in His loving grace and mercy gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, taking our shame, bearing the penalty for us in our place. He died for you, dear friend. And he was raised again, assuring you of eternal life in him. God gave his son that whoever believes in Jesus might be saved. If you trust in Jesus, you receive eternal life. That's a free gift. It's nothing to do to earn it. All you have to do is receive it. Trust in Jesus. God gives us salvation in Jesus Christ. And as you receive God's grace of gift, uh, gift of grace in Jesus Christ, then we are free even more to give, even as God has given unto us freely, without compulsion, investing in eternity. So give unto the Lord. As He has blessed you, give back to Him. Be generous with your gifts. Honor God with them. Give unto the Lord today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We do want to honor you in the ways that we give. We want to honor you in every way in our life and certainly in the way that we give. As we give, Lord, we reflect your love for this world and the people in it. So, Lord, we want to be faithful to give, but, Lord, help us to give in a way that is honoring and glorifying to you, Lord. Let us be responsible in our giving. And, Lord, let us always give a priority to investing in eternity by investing in your kingdom first. We can give, we can provide food and water, to the hungry and the thirsty, and they still die and go to hell. But when we give them Jesus, when we teach, teach them about Jesus, Lord, and eternal life in Him, then we've done something. Then we've given them true life. So, Father, let us always invest in eternity first and bring you glory and honor. Lord, Certainly there are those today who've never trusted in Christ. And Lord, I know this, this message today has primarily been about giving. But Lord, let us remember the, the gift that you gave to us in Christ. And Lord, if there's any who've never trusted in Jesus today, then I pray, O oh Lord, that they would receive your gift before anything else, Lord, let them receive your gift in Jesus Christ. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.